Vegas It Is by Madeline Honig. The white van goes barging down the empty city street. The sun shines off the metal walls on either side of the van. They have abandoned most of these warehouses for years, which makes it the perfect place for this venture without the prying eyes of nosy neighbors. The van hit a pothole but doesn't slow down. The van makes another turn and they toss the three men sitting on the floor of the back of the van to the side, but their stern faces do not change. Each one of them knows the job is not over until their pay has been divvied up and they are back to living their separate lives. They littered the floor of the van with clown masks, masks that would be burned later that evening. The roll-up door of a warehouse opens and the van pulls in. Inside, the van is dark, but seconds later, the back door opens and the three men hop out one by one, leaving the masks behind. That was close. Andy closes his eyes and takes a deep breath. He was the first one out of the van. He grips tight to the handles of the black duffel bag, the bag they all put their lives at risk for. Next time, we need to move quicker. Speed is key. Spider, you need to do more control over the teller. Jeff points his index finger up into Spider's face. His small stature makes him great for getting into safes low to the ground, but it does not increase his intimidation factor. You can't let them take their time, like this teller did. That is death for us. What do you expect me to do? I was pushing her as fast as I could, Spider points down at the Jeff's face. Maybe you should have shot someone. That would get them to move faster. A smirk comes across Spider's face and the tattoos around his crinkled eyes. Enough, Rodrigo says. Let's count this shit, divvy it up, and get the fuck out of here. Shut up, Rodrigo. Your only job is to get the van into this warehouse, Spider says, now turned towards Rodrigo. Jeff raises his eyebrows towards Rodrigo, but Rodrigo shakes his head. It is true that he is always the driver, but everyone also knows that the only reason they can pull these heists off is because of Rodrigo. Rodrigo's large stature doesn't allow him to do much else, but the main reason he drives is that when Rodrigo is involved, he does all the planning. And in his plans, he is always the driver, and no one can argue with that. An hour later, the four men are sitting around a table that once housed the warehouse break room but has, for the past week, acted as the planning office for this heist. So that makes a total of $12,600. Rodrigo is typing away at a calculator the size of a deck of cards, and Andy wonders how his fat fingers avoid mistakes, which is $3,150 for each of us. As Rodrigo starts counting out the money for each of the men, Andy's mind continues to wander. This was supposed to be his last bank robbery, but the one last month was supposed to be the last one too. And the one a few weeks before that was supposed to be his last. Each time they promised Andy that this heist would be different. This heist would be bigger than the last, but it never is. The job gives him the flexibility he craves, but at a few grand a pop, the risk is higher than the reward. It is a matter of time before he gets caught and they replace his flexibility with time behind bars. He knows it's better to quit while he's ahead, but he's not made enough money to retire and he doesn't have any other skills unless you want to count asking, do you want fries with that? And the time to make over $3,000, doing that is practically the same as time behind bars. Andy collects his pay 
after the other three have collected their small piles. Spider and Jeff are well on their way out the door, arms around each other, chatting about grabbing a pint down the street as Andy fills a heavy pat on the back. Andy shakes his head at this. These fuckers are going to get us caught. That's when Andy notices Rodrigo standing over him with his large fist still on his back. Are you doing okay? Andy nods in response. Good, good. Rodrigo pauses before starting a new thought. Look, I'm working on something in Vegas in a few weeks. Don't worry, it's not what it sounds like. I'm not trying to rob the Cosmopolitan or the Wynn or any of that shit. It's one of the smaller casinos on the outskirts of the city. Nothing major. I don't do major. That's how you get caught. Rodrigo winks. But to pull this off, I need a few men. And I have just the role for you. These banks don't make shit. A casino, on the other hand, even a small one, that could be retirement in the Bahamas kind of money. You know what I mean? It was as if Rodrigo was reading Andy's mind. And Andy nodded his head in response. He's not looking at Rodrigo, but he's listening hard. So you're in? Rodrigo raises his eyebrows. Andy hesitates. Yeah, I'm in. Rodrigo must not have heard the hesitation in Andy's voice. He slaps Andy on the back with his large hand. boy! I'll call you in a few weeks to give you more details. And Rodrigo is out of the break room and climbing into the white van as fast as a man that large can move. Andy stands in the doorway of the break room, a pile of cash and a plastic grocery bag in one hand and the keys to his Mustang in the other. He watches as Rodrigo drives the white van out of the warehouse, leaving it empty. It is silent, but in Andy's head, there's plenty of noise. Then Andy speaks, even though there is no one there to listen. How can I retire on $3,150? He walks out of the warehouse door and down the broken street where his beat-up Mustang is waiting for him. Andy climbs into the front seat and opens the plastic bag. He looks at the money one more time. I guess Vegas it is.